I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. When people think of the potential for artificial intelligence to impact the biopharmaceutical industry, the focus is usually on drug discovery or in the clinic to help guide decision-making with regards to pairing the right drug to the right patient. EasyOp is focused on a more mundane use for the technology, the writing of clinical data reports. The company had been working in the financial services industry when it was approached by Sanofi to see if it could apply its natural language generation to make the creation of these reports faster and less expensive. We spoke to Emmanuel Valkiner, CEO of EasyOp, about artificial intelligence, its potential to change the way biopharmaceutical companies work in non-obvious ways, and why a large number of biopharmaceutical companies are turning to AI to do more with less. Emmanuel, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Daniel, for inviting me. Very glad to be here. We're going to talk about artificial intelligence, EasyOp, and its efforts to integrate AI into the workplace to automate repetitive tasks and enhance human capacity. There's been a fair bit of activity to integrate AI into drug discovery and drug development to use it to do clinical diagnostics and and even business strategy. We're going to focus on what some may view as a more mundane slice of the biopharmaceutical world, clinical study reports. For people who may not be familiar with clinical study reports, what are they? What role do they play in moving a drug from a, the lab to the marketplace? Well, we are talking about the last mile of the new drug introduction process, where you know you have got in in the clinical when the pharma company is doing a trial, you know they collect you know enormous amount of data, specifically in phase three, you know when they test their drug in you know with human with hundreds or thousands of, of patients to test whether you know, it's working, the efficacy of the drug, and so on. So they, they really collect a ton of data, and they have to analyze this data and really write a pretty structured document required by the FDA so that they have to uh, you know, I mean, really dissect what was going on, what is the population targeted, what were the adverse events, what is the efficacy of the document. And they have to produce this document, which is pretty cumbersome with a lot of appendixes, and they have to produce that to the FDA so that the FDA can actually review the result of the, uh, you know, the clinical trial. So it's pretty important document, again, really at the last mile of the uh, introduction, you know, drug introduction process before, you know, you can actually market that. What makes clinical study reports good candidates for automation through the use of artificial intelligence? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, we used, you know, EasyUp, uh, which is specialized in uh, NLG. You know, it's a subset of artificial intelligence called, you know, NLG, natural language generation. 
So our job is really to take, you know, to transform complex, large amount of complex data into, I would say, narrative or documents, very well written, high quality documents anybody can understand. And we had, uh, you know, we were actually, you know, to be true, to be honest, we were specialized in banks. You know, we were automating credit risk report, rating reports for, you know, the largest rating agencies in the world. And this is what we're doing. And then, you know, Sanofi, I think it was four years ago, knock at our door and say, guys, you are transforming data, financial data right now, if we understand correctly, into these, you know, in you know, this report for create analyst again, you know, and financial analyst. Can we do that for CSR? And we had no idea. We say, wow. And we say, guys, you know, uh, the best thing is really to work on your data, on the type of report you're currently manually writing, and we'll see whether it works or not. And we spent, you know, uh, quite some time with them to, to, to do that work. At the end of the day, we told them, yes, it could absolutely work. And there are, you know, it was actually, I would say five to six times more difficult than finance because the data are changing for every trial, every clinical trials, you may have different, you know, slightly different format of data, where in finances are all, you know, always the same. And the and what you write has to be perfect and you know has to be, I would say, medically sound. I mean it has to be uh, it has to be, you know, quite quite perfect. Now, having done that now on uh, hundreds, I would say, of uh, clinical trials, it works very well. And we don't automate the whole CSR right now. We automate, uh, you know, approximately 40% of the document, still, you know, hundreds of pages, but only 40%. And we do today only the data-driven paragraphs. As an example, you know, describing the demography of the trial. So that's, you know, purely data-driven. You can describe the population, the variety of the population, you know, their age and so on. So that's something we are very good at. Uh, the adverse events uh, as well, you know, massively data-driven. So we can write that very easily. Efficacy is a bit harder and other documents which are purely descriptives are even harder. So working on that step-by-step, step, we believe with our technology, you know, in the next 18 months, we can cover 80% of the document. Uh, I think 100% is not a realistic goal. And uh, I don't think even this would be, uh, um, you know, uh, something we, we would target ever. We want to produce a draft for the medical writer so that the medical writer can actually review it. And our tool gives us the ability to, you know, automatically get more detail, less detail, depending on the paragraph. So where it wants, you know, more accuracy or something a little bit more global. So it's really a dialogue with the medical writers, but there's always human in the loop because that human in the loop, you know, we, again, we are humble. We produce the, you know, a draft, the first draft so that the medical writer can, you know, go much faster. Does that make sense? It does. But how are these reports generally put together? What are the inputs and what, what's the output? Inputs are really all the information you know, the medical writers, you know, he receives some, um, and he has to work with biostatisticians. 
so that you know the data makes sense. So there is a whole work to be done with the biostatisticians, and then you know he got this result you know through tables, SAS tables, you know, and then he has to uh, uh, you know really copy or you know resume the description of the protocol, which he described in another document. So he's you know he's compiling a lot of different information, but the difficult part is the analysis of the data. And this is where we help. Because that's our, well, this is where we're super strong. I, I call these reports seemingly mundane within the, the biopharmaceutical world, but in reality, there's a large volume of data behind these reports. And to bring automation into them requires a lot of technology, including what you called natural natural language generation uh, and and not just in one language, but I understand you're doing this in seven languages. How right. did you, you talked about the work with with Sanofi? But what are you doing now in in this regard? How 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 much have you broadened this out as a as a product? Uh, so that's uh, yeah, we do that in different languages, and that's one of our specialty. You know, and we don't do translation; we actually rewrite. You know. In, Good German or French or Dutch or American. In pharma, most of the requests are in American, you know, in English. So, you know, it has to be um, that way. We are pretty much, you know, we are, we are pretty much advanced. I mean, uh, we are right now working with six out of the top 15 biggest pharma companies in the world um, at different stages, of course. You know, we uh, Sanofi is quite um, is uh, you know really at the deployment phase, and they are expanding to other documents now. Uh, we have as well and uh, Lily Eli Lily in the U.S., who is as well ex- accelerating. You know, it started with another document. You know, the appendix of the um, of the CSR we call patient narratives, where you describe you know for each patient, each specific patient, you know what happened, what is history. Uh, during the trials and so on. So it's pretty cumbersome as well to uh, to write. So there as well in the deployment phase. Uh, a third one as well, you know, in the, a big pharma company in the UK is uh, starting to, uh, you know, full uh, deployment. And others are, you know, a little bit more in the pilot phase and starting to, uh, you know, to engage. But six out of top 15 is, you know, for me, very encouraging. And with, uh, you know, all the discussion we have right now, I guess by, you know, in the next two to three quarters, we'll be engaged with, um, you know, at least 10 very big pharma companies. They're very interested into this, uh, this type of technology because the, um, I would say the, um, the medical writing community is under high pressure. You know, as I told you, you know, this process, you know, to write, you know, all these documents is coming really at the very late stage of, um, new drug introduction and this is where there is um you know massive pressure on these teams now when you think about that and you know i have been discussing with well many pharma companies and and cro's and they're all telling me the same say you know in the next 10 years the number of trials the number of new drug that we have to put in the market is going to skyrocket for many different reasons. I mean, business reasons, fundamental reasons in the research. So the, I would say the pipeline is, you know, very, very full. 
And the, you know, medical writer, the medical writer community, you know, they are highly skilled people. I mean, this is, uh, you know, we're not talking about, you know, there are PhDs that have done, you know, master in biology, you know, it takes years to train a good medical writers. And they're telling me, well, everybody's fishing in the same pound, you know, and we can't train these guys. So the only solution, if we want to face, you know, all the work that has going to come the years to come, you know, we better equip these guys with some artificial intelligence. And I would say our solution seems to really perfectly fit their need. So it's, the idea is really to augment these medical writers so that they can do more with, um, you know, with the limited time they have, because again, they're under pressure when, you know, the, the time is ticking and, and, you know, every day matters when you introduce a new drug. And there are sometimes, you know, hundreds of thousands of millions of patients waiting for, you know, a new vaccine, a new uh, drug. And, uh, you know, time is, uh, time is money, but time is more than money in this case, because it's really uh, all about to save, to save lives. You talked about this having a lot more complexity than financial data. What were the challenges you needed to overcome? So that's, um, there's two, two, two big challenges. One is, you know, a technical challenge which, you know, we'll solve. And we are solving pretty well is, again, the data complexity and the fact that for every trial, the data is actually slightly, but it may change. And then you have got different therapeutic areas. So, you know, the, the variety of what you have to ingest in the solution is quite large. So that's one. And, you know, we have a whole type of technology to, to cope with this problem. And I think we are, we are about there. You know, it's working now pretty, uh, pretty seamlessly. The second challenge is what you write has to be perfect. Again, the medical writers, you know, they are highly sophisticated people. You know, they sometimes they've done that for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. So, you know, when you tell them, guys, you know, we're going to have an AI uh, a writing bot, writing the uh, first draft for you, you know, they are intrigued. But, uh, you know, their level of um, expectation is pretty high. So what you write has to be perfect. Otherwise, they will immediately tell you, well, you know, come on, guys. You know, I don't want to review something which is badly, you know, it is inaccurate or badly written. You know, it has to be perfect. So that's a big challenge. Now, I would say the uh, end user adoption is always our biggest challenge at EasyUp, whether it's our banks or pharma, because people may be a little bit scared so my God, you know, you are going to do 40% of this report for me. So, you know, are you going to, uh, uh, when is this going to stop? Uh, so there's always a fear. Am I going to lose my job? So we are really working with every single customers so that we can train, so that we can explain what we do. Uh, it's not a black box. All the configuration can be managed by the um you know, by our customers so that they really understand how this is configured. Uh, you know, it's, um, you have to train the guys, you have to pick, you know, the right, um, the right people at the beginning and you have to measure always, you know, to measure their satisfaction. And I would say after three months, all the times, 
uh, we have very high uh, level of satisfaction from the end users, but this is critical so that then they, you know, they're using the tool, they're happy with it. And I remember we asked uh, at one point the uh, medical writers at Sanofi, you know, would you ever imagine now to work without EasyUp? And they say, well, no. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is super helpful for us. We are gaining time. This is, you know, we can really focus on what matters in these documents, really understand what we want to tell the FDA and not be bothered by, you know, all these uh, very, uh, I would say, cumbersome writing. So that's, uh, you know, data and end-user adoption. And that's uh, very interesting, I would say, technically and, you know, on a human perspective, this is super interesting to uh, work on this stuff, type of stuff. I think uh, many listeners may be familiar with natural language processing, or at least the concept of it. You talk about natural language generation. Can, can you explain what that is? Yeah, actually, we do a little bit of both. So, yeah, NLP, when uh, people, you know, thinks about uh, natural language and AI, you know, it's really uh, what we call natural language understanding. So doing really the opposite, trying to understand when you tap on Google, you know, uh, something, okay, you need to understand, you need to, um, to analyze what is written and turn that into uh, bits and bytes. We do the opposite. We take bits and bytes. And we uh, and we write, you know, what do, do the data means? So that's you know, I mean, I would say symmetrical uh, approach. We are using you know all all of them. So we are using you know uh, natural language generation. Of course, this is the main of our technology. But we are using as well NLP, uh, you know, in some part of our uh, of our solution, specifically related to uh, data recognition column recognition, label recognition, so that we can ingest easily, you know, data in our, in our solution. You talk about this being a way to augment the medical writer and not replace the medical writer, but how does this change the role of the medical writer and in, in how they go about putting together a clinical study report? Well, it's changed their role pretty, uh, you know, well, in fact, it's quite... Uh, it's quite important. So we had um, Sanofi was kind enough to uh, give a testimonial in back in June, so in Chicago at DIA, which is uh, you know an event, and um, they said, uh, well, number one, the uh, efficiency gain was about you know twenty to thirty percent. When you think about that, this is quite important. Uh, so it's not two percent or whatever. It's you know twenty thirty percent. So you know really gaining time. And they say that the, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the medical writer satisfaction is super high. And we had another uh, event, uh, it was two weeks ago at D-Farm, this was in Boston with, uh, and again, you know, Eli Lilly was, you know, nice enough to, uh, uh, to do a presentation on their experience deploying this type of tool with their medical writing community. And they say, you know, a few very interesting, and they shared a few very interesting metrics. They say, well, you know, and this was on narratives. So, you know, as I say, you know, narratives are a little bit of different documents, but you have to issue hundreds of narratives for each trials where you describe all the details about the patients and so on. So they say, not only this is saving a lot of time, so, you know, it used to take us four hours for each narrative, for each patient. It took us four hours to do one narrative. And now it's four seconds. 
So we move from four hours to four seconds. So that's you know, big, big impact. And they say the um, the quality check, which is you know takes very you know a lot of time. You know, I mean these documents are again you know uh, reviewed. You know they have you know at the end of the day what they want to to deliver to the FDA is a very consistent, very professional, and uh, you know a perfect uh, document to the FDA. So there's a lot of quality cycle and so on. They say, well, we reduced as well. Yeah, you know the 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 time to check these documents, because they are made by the machine, because they are well configured, because they are well written, and you know everything is traceable, auditable, and so on. You know we gain trust and we gain a lot of time as well to review these documents. So you know true impact for the medical writers, save them time. I think it say you know it's fair to say that for. Uh, you know, a section we do automate, you know, the time for the medical writers to really be comfortable with what is written is going to be reduced by, you know, 50 to 70%. So that's, uh, you know, it's just a, a big uh, acceleration for them. It's a big support, big help. What is the, the system to do well and where is the human aspect needed? What the, the machine does very well is, again, you know, data crunching, um, describing the data, doing a first set of analyses. You know, again, what is related to data, you know, this is just, uh, uh, you know, perfect for a machine. What the other machine does not is, well, you know, machine doesn't have any intuition, the machine doesn't have any experience that the medical writers has, where to focus the analysis for this specific drug, for this specific population, what would be really the key highlights that the FDA will be interested in? This is, you know, the machine doesn't do that well. So we are really helping the medical writers to say, all right, guys, this is what we see on the data. Where do you want to speak? And if she says, you know, I want to really give a lot of precision for this type of population, this type of adverse events, then we can do the, the job very perfectly. You see what I mean? So it's really a combination between uh, what the medical writer wants to say, and he really tells the machine, okay, tell me about that. And then the machine, you know, do that in one second. And, and but what it, really what he wants to say on a, on a pure medical standpoint and so on, this is a medical writer's. So that, you know, in a way, our job is to make medical writers true medical writers, you know, really focus on what they want to say. And the, um, the machine is going to write that, you know, write that for them immediately. So it's really a dialogue, you know, I, I don't see the machine as something being, uh, you know, brute force or, you know, this is a draft and this is it. This is really a dialogue and our solution is designed so that we initiate really a dialogue between the medical writers and the machine so that the medical writer drive the process and get exactly what he wants, but much faster. How have medical writers who have used the system responded to it? So, you know, there's, a little bit, there's always a little bit of fear initially. Um, there's one thing to consider as well is that every company has their own habits and their own way of writing. 
And this is where the configuration is important, the initial configuration. So before rolling out this type of solution, you know, you start with a you know, small set of medical writers, get the machine to understand and learn, you know, how they actually write, you know, and, and maybe, you know, little details and so on, but these sum of details make that, you know, they recognize what they, what they see and they are comfortable with what they see. So that's, you know, usually a phase which takes, you know, a few weeks and then you can start the rollout. It's actually, you know, uh, the, um, we have been working on that for now, you know, four years in the pharma industry and the, um, I would say the feedback we got from the medical writers, you know, across the board are pretty consistent. And uh, I think we are now at a point where, you know, within a few a few weeks, again, you can really fine tune the solution so that it match, you know, the pharma specific specificities of, uh, of our customer, but then you can read out pretty quickly and they, they love it. It's a bit sometimes a bit of a shock because, you know, this has not been historically a place where AI or automation has taken place. So, you know, it's a bit of moving from a very manual process to a semi-automatic process. And that's sometimes a bit of a shock. Are there any regulatory issues around this? Is, would, would a regulator even be aware that a clinical study report was, was generated in part with using AI? Um, well, it's, um, we had the same, you know, and Easy Up is really focused on highly regulated industries. So this is something we've been facing, I would say, almost day one, um, because we're producing as well documents that are used by the SEC or, you know, other, uh, you know, highly regulated environment. So there is a few things. One, uh, yes, we do have a lot of constraints in terms of uh, quality, auditability. Uh, you know, this is pretty heavy, you know, call that GXP environment. So, you know, I mean, but you know, yes, we have to develop our solution in certain ways. And, uh, and again, anything we do, anything the end user does and so on is audited, is audit trailed. Uh, and we need to be absolutely certain that what is written is accurate and perfect. Uh, now, so that's, you know, I mean, that's, uh, I would say, you know, that's what we do and, uh, and we know these constraints and so on. Does the uh, regulator know? So they are actually pretty comfortable uh, if, again, if this is done, you know, uh, with the start of the art quality and, and, and auditing capability and so on, they're pretty comfortable with that. Now, never forget, you know, we are not automating you know, 100%, and then this is it, we send that to the FDA. There's always, and they will be, you know, for, I think, a very long time, human in the loop. So, you know, the major writers is actually reading what we wrote, what, what the machine has written, make, it can do some changes, it can do some modification, they will be then review cycles and so on. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's just more efficient, but with, you know, the, the responsibility is still, you know, under the medical writer hand to, uh, you know, to sign the document. What's the payoff? Is is there any way to quantify savings in terms of time or money? Yes. Uh, yeah, this is uh, quite important. Uh, the big, you know, there's two big focus, time and money. 
money, I would say it's more efficiency. Uh, how much efficiency can you gain? You know, how much more efficient a maker writer can be? How how will the I would say quality quality check and quality reviews can be uh, streamlined? And most of the time, uh, you know, our customers actually, I would say, not only introducing you know this AI solution with their teams, but review their process. Their main goal is time so that, you know, they can do more with less, but they can actually reduce the time to actually issue a CSR. Uh, to give you, you know, some order of magnitude, you know, a CSR may take an average, you know, just to give them, you know, again, an order of magnitude may vary, you know, vastly, but, you know, let's say eight weeks. If you used to take eight weeks, uh, what we think is that we, we can reduce with a solution like Easy Up, we can reduce this timeline to, you know, three three weeks. So we can more than divide by two the time required to issue this type of document. And that's really, you know, this is a, I would say, a very high impact solution. So, you know, moving from eight weeks to three weeks, you know, may take time. You know, again, to review process may take, you know, 12 months to uh, to achieve that, to really train all the team, to review the quality cycles and so on. But you can definitely move from, you know, eight weeks to, uh, to uh, you know, two to three weeks, which is, uh, well, which is massive when you think about it. And what do you think this says about the potential for AI within biopharmaceutical companies is, is it something that people have tended to think about more narrowly? And and what do you think it will take to have companies embrace this more broadly? Um, I've, I've read uh, an analysis, I think it was from Accenture, uh, saying, you know, what is the, um, what are the, the, the industries who are actually embracing AI uh, the most? And actually pharma was number one. As you say, it's not just energy. It's, uh, you know, about drug discovery. So there's, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, I would say a lot of focus on how AI can actually help in this overall uh, drug discovery, development, and introduction. So we're just a small part of that. The uh, What strikes me is that um, a lot of people um, meeting in conference and three years ago, two years ago, were really not aware of any of this type of solution. You know, they were, oh my God, you know, can you do that really? So there's a little bit of a, you know, you know, are you, are you sure it's working? And now, you know, now we've deployed that, you know, uh, we're called early adopters or visionaries like, you know, Sanofi, Lai Lili and others. You know, it's a, uh, it's a small world. And, uh, we have an excellent word of mouth. So, you know, we are now in discussion with, you know, dozens of um, pharma companies. So they're really intrigued. So uh, when I see the number of clinical trials who have been involved uh, last year and this year and next year, I see the forecast because, you know, our customers are sharing, okay, guys, you know, we're going to use your product next year for, I don't know, 50 or will be, you know, these numbers of, Trials, clinical trials will be involved are actually basically, you know, uh, 
it's a 300 or 400 percent growth year over year. So this is really, you know, taking off. There will be thousands, you know, in the, in the next five years when you see that, you know, there are thousands of uh, trials who are, who are going to be involved. So this is really taking off. This is real now. And, you know, they're fast to catch up these guys. Because again, you know, this uh, solve a pretty, uh, uh, pretty important uh, issue the industry is facing. So that's uh, very encouraging. And the potential is very large. You know, we talked a lot about the CSR, but there are only in the clinical space, there are 10 different types of documents we could automate. And we're working on that. So we have a full roadmap there. In preclinical, there are other type of documents we could uh, automate. In the manufacturing and quality control, we call CMC. You know, there are other documents we can automate. Uh, when you think about, uh, you know, medical information, there are other documents. In pharmacovision, other documents. So the potential is is really massive. So that's, you know, pretty uh, exciting and uh, and cool for us because, you know, I mean, we are uh, we're really uh, uh, having a lot of demand and uh, a lot to do to, uh, you know, to accelerate. And that's cool. Emmanuel Valkiner, CEO of EasyApp. Emmanuel, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you very much, Daniel. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.